everyone and welcome to Screams After Midnight. I am Peter and joining me as always as Tim. Great for the audio podcast version, Tim. That's just... <laughs> <laughs> so yes, this is a horror movie podcast. This is a news edition. And we didn't actually have news last week and it was mainly just because when I looked for news, there really wasn't any... A couple of small trailers, Ooh. but nothing uh, really worth sinking our teeth into. So, uh, mm. alternatively, this week's actually fairly healthy in terms of news and trailers. So, uh, we have plenty to talk about, and we'll we'll get diving right into it. I'm just going to adjust Tim's video just a touch. There's a little black light at the bottom. There we go. We're all ready to go. So, mm-hmm. here we go. Yeah. Horror news, horror movie news, horror movies, people like those. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, first up, there's a, a small update on Bride of Frankenstein. Uh, David um. Coop, who of course has worked on a number of big movies and a lot of mediocre <laughs> ones over the years. Uh, you know, it's, 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 it's almost like he got a free pass because he technically worked on Jurassic Park with Spielberg. Uh, and then okay. it, uh, so his name kind of meant something because of that, but he's actually done <laughs> a lot of mediocre stuff since then. Okay. But, he actually wrote Bride of Frankenstein when they were doing the Dark Universe. Like he, he did the Bride of yeah. Frankenstein that was going to star, I think, Angelina Jolie because it was going to tie into all these other big movies. But his, it, oh. I, I think it had like a big director attached to it too. You're probably right. It doesn't mention it in this article, but that sounds yeah. right. So he, uh, so his script apparently is still kind of going to be used because it can still just sort of work as a standalone movie. Uh, okay. He's saying that uh, Universal are looking at it, they're looking for directors right now. He's saying that it's not quite as small in scope as Invisible Man was, but it's not this big, mm-hmm. you know, $100, $150 million movie with, like, mega movie stars either. It's kind of this mm-hmm. doable film. So uh, a medium budget is, guess, I guess, what I'll guess he's trying to say. Mm-hmm. But uh, his name does not inspire that much confidence, I have to admit. But, mm-hmm. yeah, the only other thing here it says is that it's set present day. So we don't know that much. Okay. Well, yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, my wife's been watching a lot of um, reality TV lately, like um, like a Ninety Day Fiance and, and Married at First Sight. So I, have, I think, like, I have no idea where this is going. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited by the start of this this little story. But, uh, well, I'm just saying, like, you know, brides are hot right now, so they should. <laughs> You know, strike while the iron's hot. You know, people uh, people like bride entertainment, so let's get some of these bride movies out there. Brides are hot right now. Yeah, <laughs> bride exploitation I mean, is uh, big. I mean, if you're lucky, brides are hot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you're lucky, man, yes. Yeah. Or, or women, of course. It's kind of funny how there's enough of these Universal monster movies kind of in the works at this point, and we're we're almost having a story. But every time we sit down to talk about horror news, mm-hmm. there's at least one that's popping up somewhere for me. In fact, speaking of that, this isn't so much news, but I, I just wanted to tag on to the back of this. Uh, there was a little update from Karen Kasama, of course, who directed The Invitation, mm-hmm. Jeffrey's Body, and more recently Destroyer, which I've still not seen. It's not a horror movie, which is why it's not oh, something okay. that we've done, but it looked good from mm-hmm. the trailer uh, cool. as, as a thriller. But uh, she's doing Dracula yes. for Blumhouse. Mm-hmm. And she gave a bit of an update here, and I actually kind of like what she had to say. I want to read this, this quote here from her. Okay. On our Dracula movie. It's a fairly faithful adaptation of Bram Stoker's novel, uh, Kasama told. Uh, oh, what podcast was this? She was on a podcast. Uh, the Kingcast. On the Kingcast. Oh, right. okay. Uh, I I subscribed to that, but I haven't listened to it yet. But I'm, I heard it's really good. Well, I'm going to spoil a bit of one of them for you. Uh, That's fine. <laughs> I think something that go- gets overlooked in the adaptations of Dracula in the past is the idea of multiple voices. In fact, the book is filled with different mm. points of view. And the one point of view we don't get access to and al- mo- almost all of the adaptations do give access to is Dracula himself. Dracula. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would just say, in some respect, this is going to be an adaptation called Dracula, but it's perhaps not the same kind of romantic hero that we've seen in the past, in past interpretations of Dracula. So what I like about that is, I, I think, I, obviously I was excited because of the invitation, mm-hmm. because of this director's previous work, but that is exciting to me that she's specifically pointing that out and saying this is something that all the adaptations so far have done when the book mm. isn't really that. The whole, the whole thing with the book is that Dracula is this like dreadful force of nature and right. you, you only get like glimpses of him based on other people's viewpoints throughout the book. 
So I'm intrigued mm-hmm. by her focusing on that detail when she's describing her film. Yeah, uh, that's very funny because I, I like literally like just uh, read the book like a maybe a week or two ago <laughs> at this point. Well, for the first time is you know one of those ones I was meant to read but never you know got around to, and I actually had it on my Kindle, so I'd been like reading five percent of it every night <laughs> for like you know a couple of weeks, um, and it was like helping me get to bed. Uh, but it's uh, I, I mean I I love the book, I absolutely love. It. I think it's um. You know, I'm surprised at how well, uh, you know, it, it held up. And uh, yeah, I, actually, that was literally like one of the things I was thinking as I was reading it is like I, you know, I I knew before that it was told like through different points of views and through letters and stuff. Um, there's a, a word for that. I forget. Is it like a epistolary or something like that uh, storytelling when it's done through like kind of, yeah, like different like letters and articles and that kind of stuff it's basically like the found footage of books um <laughs> but <laughs> that, that feels insulting though because found footage is a lot more gimmicky than this is i think yeah <laughs> uh, you know because in, ter- in terms of writing like yeah because i mean so many stories are told through first person the idea of just making mm-hmm. a diary entries and things like that it actually yeah. feels quite natural but yeah god oh, yeah definitely uh but then uh yeah as i was reading it that was one thing i was surprised uh about is i was like oh yeah you never get like dracula's point of view uh and yeah i, I think that was like really interesting because yeah he is such a focus in you know like any <laughs> like take your pick like any adaptation you know um, yeah so I- and i do like that that take though in the book that like you said yeah it is more of a force of nature more of a monster uh that they have to tackle like as opposed to yeah i feel like when you do get a point of view like not like you get sympathy but you know it becomes almost more of like a you know like kind of like romantic <laughs> like individual yeah. you know what i mean he always does some of that mystique mm-hmm. i think my favorite one of my favorite adaptations and probably the thing that gets closest to this is probably Werner Herzog's... Dracula 2000? Oh, <laughs> Werner Herzog's Nosferatu. I feel... Mm-hmm. It may be the original Nosferatu to an extent, but they maybe get the closest mm-hmm. to that kind of feeling. And, I mean, if, if if Karen Kusama sticks to this, if she sticks to the idea that, like, let's say, you know, if one of our characters don't witness him, we don't get to see him. Like, you know, we, we never just cut to Dracula mm-hmm. on his own doing something, because maybe that's against yeah. the... And I'm not saying that that has to be a hard rule. I mean, maybe there's a good reason to do a creepy moment where he's, like, sneaking into a bedroom or something, but... Sure. Mm-hmm. like you know i I kind of like the idea of treating them that way so i'm actually really excited by this description uh me of, too because uh, yeah. it's, it's one of the things that i feel that all the adaptations have really you know I, like the atmosphere is a big part of that book and i feel like the, the mm-hmm. feeling of dread and this feeling of helplessness and just how powerful dracula is is kind of lost in most of the adaptations they, they go for kind of the suave and i like some of those movies don't mm-hmm. get me wrong I'm not, like i'm not oh yeah totally uh you know picking on all of them but yeah uh, I'm ready for, you know, one that feels like the book. Because I don't think that I don't think mm-hmm. that exists yet. I don't think one that actually feels like the book exists yet. Sure. So, let's go. Cool. Yeah. No. Uh, no. I'm. Uh, yeah. I agree. I'm. Uh, uh, you know, excited uh, for multiple reasons. But um, yeah, I, I think this is definitely, you know, one to really look out for. Um, yeah, it's kind of funny because, you know, we ha- they had you know these big grand plans for the dark universe, and it feels like they had all these movie plans and then the mummy tanked and they were like scrapping everything. And it feels like they were just kind of like, um, all right, well let's just do this like a uh, cheap invisible man movies. And then that did so good <laughs> that it's like all of a sudden again, it's like, no, bring it all back. Like, well, uh, which I mean, I, I'm definitely down for it. Cause uh, I, I think everything we've heard about so far, at least sounds like interesting. Yeah. Most of the projects sound better. I think it's, uh, it's like, I, I do kind of love the irony that they're, they were almost forced into doing, something that's far far better suited to the properties because of the failure of their their marvel style shared universe yeah. like, that that fell and tanked and crashed hard and because of that they had to you know just do something cheaper and lo and behold that's actually a better idea for these things these these yeah. movies benefit from that approach and mm-hmm. uh so you know and obviously we've only had one so far and some of them might not all be great like you know i think that Brady frankenstein could end up sucking because it's david yeah. Cole, but like <laughs> Yeah, if if we end up with a handful of great movies out of this, if you know if a few of the, the major ones are good, then yeah, why why yeah. why complain? That's like, that's just good. So yeah. you know, so it's, it's, yeah, so some sometimes good things happen in spite of what studios think is the right thing to do. Yeah, uh, and they hey they learned a, and, a, an expensive lesson with that mummy movie. 
Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> I mean, I, I would say probably, um, yeah, you, you get better results <laughs> once the, you know, studio just kind of like gives up or washes their mm. hands of something. Yeah, they let the creative people just do something creative, and lo and behold, know, a, yeah, who who knew? <laughs> so uh, next up, uh, so a remake of the Changelings been in the works for a while, and it's mm. kind of finally starting to get gain a little bit of steam. Uh, we have deadlines reporting that Finnish filmmaker Anders uh, Engstrom, who worked on Taboo, Hannah, and C, so a lot of TV shows, uh, he's worked on. Uh, he's going to be directing the upcoming remake for producer Joel B. Michaels. Uh, the premise of the film, if you've not seen the original, which we have because we, mm -hmm. we actually reviewed the original on streams, mm -hmm. but uh, the film follows a musician who, after the death of his young daughter, returns to his childhood home. After a series of terrifying events, he begins to unlock the mystery of the dead child that haunts his home, along with a terrible family secret. Uh, the original is a fairly solid movie, actually. No, I mean, it wasn't mm -hmm. like, you know, a, a must-see classic, but yeah, we had a decent time with I it. Think yeah, I think it's pretty good. Uh, I do think it is one uh, that a lot of, you know, horror fans do kind of hold up in high regard. Uh, I think it's a super weird one to remake because it's not... Um, like, I feel like a remake would be going more for, a, like, a casual audience that doesn't, mm -hmm. you know, uh, care about the original. But uh, I feel like a casual audience doesn't know <laughs> what the original is. And then I feel like the people that do know what it is aren't the kind of people that are like, yeah, I love modern remakes, you know? Like, it's uh, it seems like a weird one. Like, it, it doesn't seem like one that, you know, is going to have, like, a lot of name recognition for the type of people that aren't going to be pissed about it, you know? You know what's so funny is I feel like with this one, it's not so much that they want the name recognition. I think they just want the name in general because the Changeling's a cool sure. title. I think that's all this is. Yeah. <laughs> and the fact is, though, is that the Changeling doesn't sound like... The title makes it sound like it's going to be like some sort of shapeshifter, which is not what yeah. the movie is. And the title no. does make sense once you've watched the movie, but it, it it definitely conjures up a different type of movie in your head when you just hear the Changeling. But the, didn't they already? They had like a different movie called Changeling too. The the uh, that Angelina Jolie movie from like a I don't know maybe ten years ago or something. <laughs> I don't remember this movie, but <laughs> it's like about it, it's based on a true story about uh, a uh, like a a woman who um like loses her son and it's like the olden days like you know 20s or 30s or whatever and like her son goes missing and then the police find him and bring him back to her and like here's your son and she's like uh that's not my son and everyone's like uh ah, yes, yes it is take your son lady <laughs> no this movie does exist i have i have uh Clint Eastwood directed it of all and written by j michael straczynski, j. michael straczynski. What? <laughs> what what a weird movie what is this thing uh but I was just, okay, sure. Yes, this exists. <laughs> My guess would be that it's not called Death Changeling. It's just called Changeling. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's, a, maybe it's like a trademark thing where if it's another horror movie, it's got a lot more legal troubles because, oh, it's another horror movie called Changeling. Yeah. But because yeah. this is a drama, you know, uh, based on a true story, you know, it gets, I don't know. That makes sense. I have no idea. We're, yeah. we're going to talk about... Uh... Uh, when the trailers did this, uh, did the same thing <laughs> this week. Did it? Oh, we'll find. I'll find out when we get there because I don't. I don't remember right. off the top of my head, but I mean, I believe you. <laughs> or do I? <laughs> uh, next up, not a lot to say on this one. Just that the filmmakers behind Villains, which was the uh, the oh god, that, what's what's her name? The the guy from it. It's the guy. Um, it's the guy. It's Skarsgård from it. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, I, forget, oh. I forget who the woman was but she yeah she's the actress damn it <laughs> she's been on other things mm -hmm. uh, anyway so yeah so Dan Berwick and Robert Olson <laughs> who made Villains uh, last year uh, they have signed on to do a new film uh, mm -hmm. and there's no details Heroes <laughs> <laughs> no there's no details for it yet it's simply been described as social horror so oh my gosh yeah I know uh, so mm -hmm. Amblin Amblin is the studio behind it as well did you end up watching villains because we didn't i don't think we did on the show but we did not know uh i love how you you asked that i was like i don't think we did it in the show did you watch it <laughs> like it'd be funny if we had done it in the show like well yeah tim we did it in the show <laughs> no, but, no i didn't see it no uh the trailer looked uh, okay for what it was yeah yeah I, I watched it i liked it um i wouldn't say it's i don't know it, 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 it didn't seem like much of a horror movie to me i i guess 
you'd probably put it in more mm. just for nothing else but you know that is one of those thriller kind of dark comedy ish maybe but i well, actually thought it was like a pretty decent movie like hmm. not amazing not like my favorite of the year or anything but yeah if you ever bored and just want something to watch i think it's good yeah uh make him unroll was the actress by the way there you go uh I, i'm annoyed that i didn't remember her name because she's in it follows <laughs> that's from yeah that it yeah. follows yeah Yes, the it follows girl. <laughs> that's, that's I the titular remember. it. No, no, no. The it's following her. That's the point. The titular it. He's the titular it. Sure. That's, that's kind of funny. The star of it and the star of it follows in a movie together. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, next up, so film called Burial. Uh, Al- Altitude Film Sales has uh, got a film from the Cannes Virtual Market. Uh, it's a virtual ma- market this year because obviously there's no Cannes Film Festival. Uh, so, yeah, it's a World War II set thriller following a small band of Soviet soldiers who must escape from Berlin to Moscow whilst harboring one of the world's greatest secrets. What's the secret? And it's, what's the thing? It says it's not necessarily full on horror, right? But the film is said to combine the tension and suspense of genre films like Green Room and Don't Breathe with a cat mm-hmm. and mouth thrills of 1971 and Headhunters. Uh, so basically what they're doing is they're transporting uh, Hitler's ashes to 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 Russia. Oh, interesting. Uh, okay. And apparently Hitler's ashes has secrets contained within. <laughs> uh, okay. So, I don't know. It sounded interesting. It is on Bloody Disgusting and they, they are mm-hmm. technically saying not. it's not kind of, it's not really horror, but I don't know, green, green, green Room's kind of borderline, I'd say, as well. <coughs> sure, yeah. But Don't Breathe's definitely a horror movie, so... Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, I usually don't like um, combining, like, horror and... Well, I, I mean, I'm not saying it's horror, but, like... Um, I, I don't really like war settings um, for, <laughs> you know, most of my entertainment, so I... Uh, yeah, I'm not against it. You know, if it ends up being good, it could be cool, uh, and does sound like an interesting idea but mm-hmm. um yeah it's usually not what I, I gravitate towards but uh who knows it could be good <laughs> yeah uh, next up elizabeth moss is sticking in the horror genre for a little bit mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. she's going to be in a film what's that noise she's going to be in a film called run rabbit run uh oh, okay so yeah uh, it's going to be directed by uh dana reed who worked on The Handmaid's Tale, funnily enough, which obviously Elizabeth Moss is uh, uh, the, the lead character in. Uh, yeah. So it's an Australian thriller. A modern-day ghost story will follow Sarah, a fertility mm-hmm. doctor, with a firm understanding of the cycle of life. When she is forced to make sense of the increasingly strange behaviour of her young daughter Mia, she must challenge her own beliefs and confront a ghost from her past. Mm. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, it could be good. <laughs> I don't really have much of an opinion on it yet. You know, I think it'll probably depend on uh, you know once we get the trailer and stuff, see how it looks. Uh, but I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, off the top of my head, I don't think the the story like really calls out to be too much. But I don't know, that could be good. I agree. The description doesn't set my world on fire, but sometimes you know they have to keep these things very vague. The actual hook of what the story is could be secretive yeah. for now. But I, and uh, I I do like Elizabeth Moss. Uh, you know she's uh, Elizabeth Moth? Moss. Moth. Elizabeth Moth. <laughs> uh, like I, I mean, she's good, but she's not someone that I'm like automatically like she's in it. Oh, okay, I'll go see it. Like. Was it? Do you know how like some some like porn stars will like make their fake names like almost to sound like a like a celebrity's name, so they'll do like a pun. Uh, <laughs> I I didn't know that, but go on. Yeah, like like I'm trying to think of an example. I don't have an example, but it'll be like a celebrity's name. But you know how like you get porn movie titles, you get like some porn actresses all like have like oh it's kind of like uh, like instead of Gary Busey, Gary Pussy. <laughs> I mean, I was thinking of the lady actresses, but sure, yeah, sure, yes, yes. That, that's an example. Um, so, anyway, Elizabeth Moth sounds like someone tried to do that, but it came out wrong. Like, they they just like, uh, I want to do the Elizabeth Moss knockoff, like, porn name. He's like, wait, Moth? Why Moth? <laughs> well, like, if it was, uh, 
Yeah, if it, it was like a, a porn star who's trying to break into like horror films, <laughs> so she <laughs> thought you had to do the same thing for horror. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then she just gives up and becomes a teacher and changes her name to Elizabeth Math. Uh, <laughs> there you right. go. The cycle's complete. Yeah. Uh, next up. So, Jessica M. Thompson, who directed the critically acclaimed The Light of the Moon. Have you heard of that? Nope. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> I've heard uh, of the moon, but... <laughs> oh, I'm glad. I'm glad you've heard of the moon. <laughs> so, she's going to direct a horror thriller called The Bride for Screen Gems. Now, Screen Gems is not film you with... Do you know what? Actually, the weird time about Bloody Disgusting's article here is that it says... Mm. The next line of this article says... Fans of wedding-themed horror like Bride of Chucky, Wreck 3 Genesis, <laughs> and more recently Ready or Not are in for a treat. Are there people who are fans of wedding-themed horror movies? Is that like a subgenre that people are into? Yeah, just, we were just talking about it earlier. I told you brides are hot right now. <laughs> Touché. Uh, <laughs> the story follows a young woman who attends a lavish destination wedding, unaware of the horrors that await. That is so goddamn vague that I can't even begin to have an opinion on anything. <laughs> but uh, it does say that is Blair Butler, <laughs> who who wrote Criminally Underrated, again, this is very much the opinion of Bloody Disgusting here, uh, Hellfest. <laughs> you watched Hellfest, right? Yeah, but I get it mixed up with like the five other uh, like there hell was... amusement park themed movies. No, because there was one out at the same time called Bloodfest, and I, I think I kept yeah. mixing those up. But I think Hellfest was the one we watched. Uh, All right. I I know I watched both of them, but I think uh, I liked one more than the other. I hmm. I think like Hellfest, I I think was okay. Like I wouldn't say. Yeah, criminally yeah, underrated. Yeah, it sounds like a bit much. It wasn't a complete disaster like I think we were expected to be with a couple of okay moments, but it wasn't good. Yeah. Uh, that's how I'd say. I uh, also mm-hmm. wrote uh, Polaroid, which we did not do, although I've heard nothing but bad things. So oh, yeah, I watched it. It's horrible. <laughs> so we should do it on the show, then, is what you're saying. You should watch it again, and we can do we'll it on the show. probably have to. <laughs> <laughs> it's the law. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, so the writer of those films is writing this, which actually probably, you know, is enough. Uh... Wait. Oh, okay. That's not that bad. I was. Gonna, I saw. I saw that the Curse of La Llorona mentioned later on in the article. That, oh my god. Who, who's what? It's oh just. It's just the producer though. So it's not. You know. Okay. That telling. Yeah. Mm. So. Yeah. Uh. Hey, that's that's that one. Uh, what's next? <laughs> oh. Now, this is. There's something about the, the headline here and the image that, that is along with it. So so I want to paint a picture for you here, Tim. The image okay. in this article is of you know, like, a, like a shutter on like a, a store like window, or, or more specifically in this case, sure. like the store entrance. So it's like where the doors are. Uh, okay. And it's halfway up, up to about mm-hmm. waist height. And all you can see underneath this bottom half of the shutter is lots of like, obviously legs, but uh, specifically they're wearing jeans. It's all these jeans. <laughs> okay. Right? That's, that's what it is. So... From the producer of Turbo Kid comes okay. a new horror tale mm-hmm. <laughs> that is dressed head to toe in denim. Bloody disgusting having fun with that headline. Uh, it's mm-hmm. called Slacks. That's S-L-A-X-X. It's a okay. horror film in which a possessed pair of jeans come to life and punish the unscrupulous mm-hmm. uh, practices of uh, trendy clothing company. Uh, when Slacks is unpacked in a locked up flagship store, it's up to Libby, a new employee, to stop the carnage before it's too late. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Um, yeah. I I I love Turbo Kid, but I mean, I don't like. I don't really care too much about producers, like, <laughs> you know. Uh, I mean, like, there's definitely like you know movies where they have big impact, and that yeah, you might want to keep your eye out for them. But I mean, I don't really know if the producer on that movie if he had much to do. Yeah, I don't know, either. What was good about it? Look, it's a connection um, to something, all right? What about, this, what about this, <laughs> the, the, the the premise here, Tim? What are you feeling about the jeans? Uh I I feel like these are always um uh, like when you hear a premise like this, it, it's so outlandish uh and I feel like these are usually better suited to doing like a 5-minute online parody. <laughs> you know sketch or something than an actual mm-hmm. movie because uh like you you know it, it's like it's obviously trying to be like kind of crazy or ridiculous or whatever and i feel like most of that stuff kind of ends up being a little eye rolly like uh, i'm not saying it's like the level of sharknado but it kind of seems like 
that's what you're getting with a lot of these things. Uh, but, but every, every so often you do get that that gem that'll take right, its premise yeah. and nail it and make it an entertaining 90-minute movie. Somehow. Like it happens. Yeah, like if they, you know, get good people involved and actually find interesting things to do with it and, you know, actually take it, you know, kind of seriously instead of just, hey, let's just make like a dumb, like, you know, movie that people can laugh at or whatever. It could potentially be good. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely intrigued uh, by it. But, uh, yeah, I guess we'll, we'll have to see how it's going to end up. Yeah, I was taking a photo of the article to send to someone. Okay. <laughs> it felt Your too... local gene salesman. <laughs> felt too good not to share. Um, so, yeah, so that's slacks. It's got pretty... Mm. The poster's pretty fun. It's, it's basically like a, a shot of like a, an ass, right? With jeans. Uh, <laughs> but the person's not wearing a top. You don't see like too far up the back, though. It's just like the bottom of the back. Mm-hmm. But it's like the word slacks is written, like sort of cut in in blood, right? But the, uh, the bottom, the tagline is an ass to die for. But, you know, <laughs> okay. so I, from everything in the description and the poster, mm-hmm. it seems like it's got the right sense of humor. You know, like I'm hoping okay. I'm hoping this will be the teeth of of Gene's movies. Sure, yeah, right. <laughs> the Gene, as if there's other Gene's movies. Um, <laughs> I think th- th- this may be an interesting <laughs> double. Sister hooded the traveling pants. Oh, there you go. This may be an interesting <laughs> double feature with uh, uh, and fabric, which we which we did. Oh, yeah. More more yeah. killer clothes. Or the killer clothes subgenre. Oh, there you go. That's the thing. All right, next up. We'll have to do it for like Fashion Week or whatever. Fashion. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I I am amazed that we have never done something for Shark Week. You know that. And yeah, especially <laughs> since I I love sharks. Yeah, uh, you do. Surprising. <laughs> you you're, you're shark mad, so you are. Uh, <laughs> so Paramount Pictures has uh, going to turn a, a horror short called Laura Hasn't Slept into a theatrical film uh, you can mm. go and watch the original short on uh, it's on Vimeo if anyone uh, wants to go see it but here's yeah. the description uh, so the short's writer director Parker Finn is going to write and direct the film so you know sometimes that, that works out being a bit shaky because they don't maybe have the experience but at the same time mm-hmm. it kind of feels right that he should get his chance to do it because it's his sure. his baby right you know he should get mm-hmm. to do it uh, the title character, played by Caitlin Stacy, is a young woman desperate to rid herself of a recurring nightmare. She seeks help from th- her therapist to confront the terror. So, not super, like, like you know, it, it sounds kind of typical enough from the description. But uh, it's one of these things where, had, had I done this news early enough, I might have actually sat and watched the, the short to get a, you know, a sense mm. of, you know, what it was. Uh, yeah. So, Yeah. Um, oh wait, I tell a lie. The, the video, the video on Vimeo, which they've linked to, is actually just a teaser for the short, not the actual short itself. Because <laughs> okay. I, I, I just checked the runtime and I thought, wait, twenty-two seconds. That's that's really short. <laughs> <laughs> How much of a story can you tell in twenty-two seconds? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, cool. <laughs> you know, this person's getting you know a chance to make it into a movie, but yeah, it's kind of hard to get too excited <laughs> by any of this information. Yeah, um, I'd, I'd definitely be down to watch the short if it is available somewhere. But it's not a thing because you know, Lights Out had a really good premise, and that came from a short. But I, I felt the movie didn't really yeah. capitalize on its potential. So uh, hopefully, yeah. this does not end up being like that. Hopefully, it actually, it works. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is that. Uh, next up, we actually got some details plot wise for the new Children of the Corn movie, <laughs> and I'm a little terrified that this means we have to actually marathon through the uh, the previous what. Eight movies, ten movies, <laughs> like thirteen. Thirteen. <laughs> what the shit? All right. So yeah, so this was actually notorious because this this was still shooting when everything else was in like total lockdown <laughs> a couple yeah. you know a month ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in Australia. So mm-hmm. um, maybe they were hoping the fires had already killed all the virus. I don't know, but uh. <laughs> So, in an article, uh, blah, 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 talk about so we actually got some details though. So this is uh, so the film's cast includes Elena uh, Campuris from Before I Fall, Kate Moyer from When Hope Calls, Callan Mulvey from Avengers Endgame. Oh, I've heard of that one. Uh, and Bruce Spence from The Road Warrior, as in Mad Max Two: The Road Warrior. He's going back a bit. Yes. Uh, so here's here's what the variety says as a description. The film describes the events leading up to and including the massacre of the adults of a small town in Nebraska by their children. After the adults irresponsibly uh, ruins the crop on the children's future, 
they do note though that it has almost nothing to do with the original 1984. I mean, it uses the word classic here. I would debate the use of the word classic with Children of the Corn. But uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Thoughts, cool. feelings, I don't know. Uh, um, I mean, I'm definitely going to see it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to miss a corn picture. Um, <laughs> corn picture. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if we really need, uh, like, a prequel. Like, it seems like you're kind of, uh, you know, missing the most interesting part if you're spending most of the movie before that. But, um, I mean, I, I, I trust they have a vision for it. I don't. <laughs> I do. I mean, I thought, I, you, I, I thought you were going to say that. I was like, it feels like they're stretching things a bit with this one. Like, stretch it. Oh, the, the 14th movie. You think they're stretching <laughs> at 14? Uh, just doing a, a quick uh, Google search. It says there are eight movies uh, for Chilling the Corn. <sighs> That's better. I mean, it's still too much, but don't get me wrong. But It does feel like 13, though. <laughs> I, I feel like. Um, no, I, I mean, uh, yeah, it, it is... It is absolutely bizarre that there's more than one of these movies uh i i don't know how uh it became a franchise uh i think it's funny <laughs> that it is though yeah it's directed uh, by Car- Car- i think it's funny that it's the only movie that's still filming <laughs> during a worldwide <laughs> pandemic but yeah okay. well i think some stuff started to shoot by now because uh, they're using uh, things yeah. up but yeah this, this was shooting right there. but anyway it's directed by kurt wimmer who directed equilibrium and ultraviolet uh interesting so okay. we'll see how that goes i remember liking <laughs> equilibrium from my early teens I'm, I'm worried that it won't hold up if i watch it again although I'll, we'll do it in ace at some yeah. point so i'll see it but ultraviolet and everything he made afterwards though get absolutely like you know it was like razzy worthy stuff apparently from all accounts uh, so yeah, i don't know if i've seen anything else but uh I, i'm in the same boat though i remember liking equilibrium but i haven't seen it in forever mm-hmm uh so right at the trailers then we got a bunch of trailers we have five movies whoa 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 whoa, whoa. whoa. We're not going to talk about, like, probably the biggest <laughs> news of the week. What was the biggest news of the week? Uh, the Bruce Campbell confirmed uh, the new Evil Dead movie and the director. You're making this up. I don't know. No, <laughs> I, I swear saw, to God. I, I searched Bloody Disgusting today for news. Why would they not talk about that? <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm pretty sure it was. Uh, I think I heard it from uh, Bloody Disgusting. but uh, So it's going to be called Evil Dead Now. And <laughs> okay, can tell you, I'm not too excited about the director. Uh, I don't think you like this movie either. Uh, I, I could be wrong if maybe I'm misremembering, but I think we are both uh-huh. did not like it. But it's from the guy that did the hole in the ground. Uh, uh, <laughs> right. I, I think I, I, I think I did see this article, but. The headline made it sound like it was just, oh, Sam Raimi's looking at this director for the next Evil Dead. It, it sounded, like, really... Uh, I, I mean, maybe I, I could be wrong. Maybe they haven't uh, made no, an official uh, statement, but... Oh, here we go, here we go. I've got the article here. Let me, let me read okay. this, and we'll, we'll get the details, okay. right? Uh, that should have been first. <laughs> I knew Evil Dead maybe should have been first on the list, but whatever, we're here now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sam Raimi has revealed uh, a brand new Evil Dead movie was in the works last year, blah, 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 blah. Um... Yeah, Bruce Campbell spilled the beans to Empire this week. Campbell has announced that Lee Cronin from The Hole in the Ground is the director selected by Raimi and the team uh, to write and direct The Next Evil Dead. Oh, that does sound actually relatively official. Okay. Mm. Fair enough. Yep. Yeah, okay, there's big horror news that I, I completely <laughs> missed. Uh, but not, I mean, I, you didn't like Hole in the Ground either, right? Or No, or I did we... not. No, I, okay. we, we, we were both, we both kind of effy on that, yeah. I mean, it wasn't the worst thing ever, but I just don't, nothing, nothing in it really landed for me. I mean, yeah. I guess the hope is, is that this is going to be more, like, maybe this goes the opposite route to the 2013 movie, which I would much rather be getting a sequel to with uh, yeah. the returning director and star, but hey. Uh, but yeah, Evil Dead Now, that's an interesting title, actually. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of strange. Um, I guess, like, it could, what it sounds like is it's going to be its own separate thing uh that like yeah because i i don't think you know the, i don't think there's gonna be any ash I, I think they say there's no connection to like the you know uh tv show or anything um which 
I, I mean, I'm not opposed to, yeah, having, like, different people do different stories in that universe mm-hmm. where, you know, because, yeah, you can just have, you know, um, a book and deadites and stuff. Uh, you can do fun things with that. And then, um, you know, as much as I love, you know, like, Ash and Bruce and, you know, everyone from the TV show, um, yeah, I, I feel like, it. you know, it ended the the way it wanted to and well, I don't know if it's the way they wanted to but you know it ended on a good note and I, I feel like yeah you don't need to you know bring bring that stuff back necessarily so um I don't know it, it could potentially be good and then yeah if the again not super excited about this director but I mean maybe he had like a good pitch or idea and then maybe if he's actually working with you know like the team and the producers and stuff to kind of you know guide him along it could end up being you know, being and, good, and, so. and to be fair, like I, I think a lot of the problems with the hole in the ground was the premise. I, I think we were just yeah. kind of like not into what the story was doing the entire time. So it's entirely possible that yeah. with the right premise, this director will hit the right marks and we'll be more into it. Uh, yeah. oh, but it is worth mentioning, though, like there was a lot of people who did like that movie. We we were kind of, I don't know if we were in the minority per se, but there was definitely a camp that were in love with that movie. Yeah, I, I know uh, I had at least one friend... Uh, that yeah was talking about this news and he really liked that movie and I, I kind of disagree with him on it so yeah I mean maybe we are a bit in the minority but um yeah again it's it's not enough to make me go like oh this sucks I don't want to see this movie but it's it, it's not as exciting as yeah it would have been if they announced a sequel to the reboot or I don't know brought maybe someone a, a little more interesting uh in but Hey, I, I'm always down for more Evil Dead, though, so it's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm still, you know, somewhat excited about it, but yeah, maybe I wonder, once, like, you know, we get a trailer and more premise stuff behind it, it'll start to shape up. Yeah, I wonder if, uh, like, they're all just going to be standalone movies now, like, maybe, like, nothing, and that said, though, if it makes a shit ton of money, maybe they will want to just do a direct sequel to this one, but, yeah, um, it's interesting. It's taken a bit longer to get here, but we're finally talking about a fifth Evil Dead movie. You know, <laughs> the other franchises have uh, raced ahead, but with all the legal disputes in Friday the Thirteenth, Evil Dead's got a chance to, to catch up and get ahead if it wants to <laughs> get get yeah. to those uh, that that thirteen. Yeah, Evil Dead now. That's what I call music. <laughs> well, those now CDs a thing in the US. I don't know. I don't. Know if oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Those, okay, I. That- I I could be wrong, but I think they are still going. <laughs> They're still going. I I had no forty two. I think that was the one random one I had as a Jeez. kid. Jeez, jeez. <laughs> well, what are they at now? What number are they up to? Oh, I mean, I I mean, I would assume that they're at like thirties or forties now. But <laughs> I mean, I don't know. <laughs> oh no, no for no forty two was like when I was like I don't know ten. Oh, <laughs> Some of that, you know, they, Wow. <laughs> yeah, they they've been going for a while. All right. Uh, Evil Dead News then, uh, which was almost missed. Uh, so, trailers. We got trailers. So we got a bunch of movie trailers. We even got a video game trailer that we're going to talk about because we're both somewhat invested. Um, and maybe something we'll do from time to time if a, a, a prominent horror game trailer or even a TV sure. trailer maybe pops up. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, so first up, we have a Kevin Bacon horror movie called You Should Have Left. Uh, in fact, he's reuniting with the director of Star of Echoes, which I've never seen. But uh, I think oh. I've heard people like that. I I don't think I've seen it either. But speak of the devil, I I didn't know who that was until I just looked at the article. David Cope was the director of Star of Echoes and this film. Oh yeah, <laughs> I didn't know about Star of Echoes, but I, yeah, I remember seeing that name. And then uh, yeah, it's funny because I was like, I know I know that name from somewhere. And then when you mentioned him earlier today, I was like, oh yeah. Hmm. <laughs> there you go. So yeah, this is a Blumhouse movie and. Kevin Bacon's married to Amanda Seyfried in this movie, so of course, uh, Amanda Seyfried, who was playing a teenager in movies about twenty years after Kevin Bacon was playing a teenager in movies. <laughs> I, I I do like that. It seems like a that might be like a plot point or something. Yeah, no, it, like the daughter does bring it up. <laughs> yeah, that is is brought up. Uh, it's a joke in the trailer where she's like, "Oh, you're much older than mom. You're going to die first. <laughs> He's like, "I'm not that old." And I'm like, Kevin Bacon must be pushing 60 at this point. <laughs> like he's just, sure. Yeah. He's getting up there. Um, no, I mean, no, I mean it Amanda still S- looks good, but like, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> looks good for his age. I mean, don't get me wrong, this is not as like, because like, some, sometimes like Tom Cruise will have love interests who are like 22. Amanda Seafood mm-hmm. is in her 30s. She's not like super young, but yeah, yeah there is a huge difference. Still. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
Uh, but at least the ones showing your thirties, like okay, you're you're more of a proper adult at that point, at least. Sure, <laughs> like, sure. yeah. Uh, you know, so uh, I mean, as a side, obviously, but. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, the trailer. It's like they move to this new house, uh, as many horror movies start with, and mm. some trippy stuff starts happening. You know, one of one of the rooms is like wider in the inside than it is in the outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's basically the TARDIS. You know, it's Doctor Who. It's essentially what's happening. <laughs> Uh, but like the, he has like a part past they don't really get into it in the trailer too much but they do mention that he was found innocent of a crime of some kind mm. uh you know uh, seafreeze explained that to the kid at one point and then mm. you know he seems to be seeing versions of himself in the house there's sort of like this creepy double half like happening mm. um oh what did you make of this trailer uh y- you know it, it looks interesting i i would say i i feel like there's a lot of <laughs> potential for it to be bad because uh, you know there's a lot of like seemingly you know boring generic kind of stuff that we see in a lot of these movies but i think there's also some interesting stuff like you're talking about with the house how it's um doing a lot of weird trippy stuff like like if it's just a straight up uh ghost thing um i think like yeah this would probably look bad but I- i'm kind of intrigued by yeah, some of the weirder elements, like, yeah, the different, you know, depths and maybe mind games that are going on there. Uh, so I'm mildly intrigued. I I don't have a particularly good feeling, though. Um, I mean, what, you know, uh, the last Kevin Bacon movie we did uh, was not the best. Um, was that a darkness? That was like four years ago. Time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was such a long Just time saying. ago. And the, and the, 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 the chronology of the show. That was a long yeah. time ago. Although we probably did Friday the Thirteenth after that, so I <laughs> maybe I should take my words back. But uh, at least like a uh, uh, you know timeline uh, of the movies when they came out. That's yes, <laughs> yes, mo- one we did. Modern Kevin Bacon horror movies do not have a good track record. Yeah, here's here's the official description. Actually, just you know, just to sort of clarify some of this, uh, Theo Conroy is a successful middle aged man whose marriage to his much younger actress wife Susanna is shredding at the seams frayed by her secretiveness her secretiveness that wasn't even was that in the trailer her being secretive i don't i don't think it was it didn't seem like it his jealousy and the shadow of his past in an effort to repair their relationship theo and susanna book a vacation at a stunning remote modern home in the welsh country so this is set in wales uh Hell yeah for themselves and their six-year-old daughter ella i, I had a weird pause there but yes ella's a daughter uh <laughs> what at first seems like a perfect retreat the stores into a perfect nightmare when Theo's grasp on reality begins to unravel and he suspects that a sinister force within the house knows more than he or Susanna have revealed even to each other. Interesting. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, yeah. What do you think? I think Coop's name <laughs> combined with a bacon, modern bacon horror movie has me worried. There are a couple of mm-hmm. cool moments where he sort of like, you know, there's like a double of himself in the reflection, like reacting differently and things yeah. like There's a couple of like potentially cool moments in the trailer, but mm-hmm. um, I think my expectations are heavily tempered and I'm going to, and hopefully I'll be pleasantly surprised, but my expectations going in are very middling to bad. <laughs> I mean, I guess we'll find out soon because it's next week comes out oh that's right oh, yeah, we're gonna be doing this soon damn it <laughs> uh, uh well we'll put that up the list then we'll i'm not i'm not sure if that's also a, a good sign if yeah. they release a trailer a week before the movie that could be a sign of just what we're going through this year though that you know maybe this was something that was going to be sure. a theatrical release in six months <laughs> but they're like hey it's ready now you know vod is a thing and yeah. In fact, no. If I remember right, Bloomhouse had a release date in May for something that was unannounced. It may have been this. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, because because they have like sort of sprung some movies on us quite quickly before in the past. I think Gallows <laughs> Two was quite a last minute. <laughs> Which again, admittedly, to your point, that could be a bad sign because <laughs> Gallows Two was a uh, not good so uh next up so you were saying earlier how you don't like horror movies in a wartime setting so we have ghosts of war which is a movie about a group of american soldiers who kill some nazis that uh, end up at this this old mansion uh in world war Mm. ii but of course there's ghosts in the mansion and they end up being trapped there and that's kind of the, the the gist of it really uh pretty much uh 
Uh, but here's the official description. Ghost of War follows five battle-hardened American soldiers assigned to hold a French chateau near the end of World War II. Formerly occupied by the Nazi High Command, this respite quickly descends into madness when they encounter a supernatural enemy far more terrifying than anything on the battlefield. <clears throat> now, I mean, telling me that those, like, ridiculous Nazi ghosts because of the weird experiments or whatever they were doing there, it sounds like a fun idea to me. Yeah. There's a lot of potential, though, for this to just be garbage. And Oh, for sure. <laughs> uh, now, admittedly, I'm someone who liked Overlord, and I know you weren't mm. as keen on it, but yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't think this looks as good as that, To just mm-hmm. to put that in comparison i mean how i mean how did you feel about the trailer um again this is one where i feel like there's a lot of potential for bad um you know look like you know just going by this like look like maybe some bad cgi ghosts and cheap jump scares um like i said i don't really like usually mixing like war uh you know with like supernatural horror and stuff but i, mm-hmm. I think this one's like a little different because it's like you know, it seems like it's not like they're on the battlefield, you know, or in the trenches. It's like, oh, they're in like a haunted house. They just happen to be soldiers during wartime. So I I can get down with that. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't think it necessarily looked great. Um, I, I am intrigued to see it, though. I, I could see uh, the potential there. Like I could be wrong. It might end up being kind of fun, uh, but I don't mm. know. <laughs> Uh, directed by Eric Bress, who, according to this article, did the butterfly effect. So if you have an opinion oh, on right. that, <laughs> it may, uh, you know. Oh, uh, this is another one fighting. that's coming soon. This is July 17th on VOD. It's so funny. Like, does anyone care about the butterfly effect <laughs> anymore? Like, it's been so long. Like, does anyone even remember that movie? Uh, I mean, <laughs> I wish I didn't. <laughs> yeah it's uh, i i think i mean admittedly I, I think when it first came out i i did like it when i was like a dumb teen but uh yeah going back now it's like i mean does anyone, such a dumb movie <laughs> does anyone remember or care about ashton kutcher like i don't think so <laughs> like remember when he was a thing i don't know like it's just this, yeah the times have went on um next up we got a trailer that's another one that's like surprisingly a franchise like i think there's like two or three butterfly effect movies yeah well it's one of those ones where there's like two direct-to-video sequels and then it just kind of died so it's kind of that weird thing the one that surprises me and this is one we'll do at some point is the wrong turn franchise which ended up with like six movies oh yeah like that's (laughs) actually quite a lot for just being a bunch of direct-to-video sequels yeah but hey uh i only ever saw the first one so i mean that'll be fun to go through one day well i say fun Mm. i hope fun Sure. hopefully not miserable uh so we got a trailer for relic uh which is the the emily mortimer film uh so here's the description uh when edna uh, an elderly and widowed matriarch of the family goes missing her daughter Kay, played by mortimer and her granddaughter sam travel to the remote family home to find her soon after her return they start to discover a sinister presence haunting the house and taking control of edna now this was one that it felt like maybe they're doing something with like uh it's all kind of a metaphor for like the I don't know if it's the Alzheimer's or, or whatever the, the grandmother is suffering from. But uh it's it's one of these things where parts of this trailer did feel kinda of generic and doing sort of typical haunting, you know, scary, mm. spooky stuff. There was a couple of moments that I kinda like because the the grandmother seems to think that some some one or something keeps coming into the house. I did kind of like the moment in the trailer where she she's in bed and she tells Emily Mortimer that it's in the house. It's it's under the bed. Can you check under the bed for me? And she checks under the bed. And the way there's like sort of someone like sort of like hiding behind things, moving slowly. I thought that was an effective little moment, at least on its own. So yeah, yeah. Um, well, how did you feel? Uh, I didn't think it looked uh, good at all. <laughs> Fair I, enough. Um, <laughs> the and and to be fair, I do think. Um, I I like Emily Mortimer, but I think I I just have a bad taste in my mouth from Mary, which was just like so uh. freaking bad. Um, but the I I think what gets me more um with this is, I mean, I can I can easily be like a sucker for these kind of things, but uh, it was more like seeing all the um praise in the trailer, you know, because I had a bunch of quotes from people mm. being like, oh my god, like a uh, you know instant classic, or like oh like terrifying combination of like humanity and horror and blah 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 and like you know and it seemed to be like a lot of them from you know respectable people like i follow on twitter or read on websites or whatever so i i think that sold it for me like more than the actual trailer um 
but yeah, I, th I think what we got just looked kind of like again, just a lot of typical generic stuff. But um, I don't, I don't know. Uh, it, it's definitely one that I'm intrigued by and would like to see, though. Yeah, uh, I mean, Bloody Disgusting seemed to like it as well. Their review yeah. called it bone chilling and devastating depiction of dementia. There you go. Uh, yeah. So it says here that uh, so Natalie Erica James directed it. Uh, and they're okay. saying that it lands kind of like in between the Babadook and Hereditary in terms of like what it's doing, okay. uh, which is fine praise. Uh, mm. But this is not an A twenty four movie or anything like that. This this is IFC Midnight, yeah. and IFC Midnight has <laughs> a lot of garbage. You know, they're, they're yeah. not, and that doesn't necessarily mean that they can't like produce a good film because they, they yeah. obviously they could. But uh, anyway, this is coming July tenth, so again, it's another close okay. movie. It's funny, like the world's kind of shut down, yet we're still having VOD mm. horror movies coming out. Yeah. Very consistently, uh, and then, never and then this turning. is, yeah, this is the one I, I was talking about earlier too, where it's uh, it's another movie that has the same title as a movie. It just dropped the the because ah, you know, of course yeah. there's the nineties, the relic, and this is just relic. It never occurred to me because I've never seen it, but you're right. I remember that existing. Uh, I I like the relic. I, I rewatched it a couple weeks ago. Yeah, okay, okay. I, I think it's fun. Uh, it it's got flaws for sure, but hmm. so it's too dark. It's hard to see. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, we have uh, a Homewrecker, another trailer, uh, starring Alex Esso, who was in Starry Eyes and Doctor Sleep. Uh, and this mm. is a film about a uh, deranged, sort of, up, you know, older middle-aged woman who mm. invites this younger woman round uh, under the guise of wanting to do some interior decorating, and seemingly goes absolutely nuts and wants to be her friend and does lots of psychotic things. How did you make that thriller? Uh, I didn't really like it. <laughs> um, it's uh, it, it could definitely have potential, um, but I don't, I don't know. It the characters seem like annoying. Uh, you know, just talking about like I used to be popular. Why don't people like me anymore? Like, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, obviously, yeah, the character is you know supposed to be like unhinged and you know uh, annoying and stuff, but just watching it made me like you know put me off like i was like i don't want to watch this person for 90 minutes but yeah that's um, fair I, I mean they could potentially do fun stuff like but I, I wasn't super jazzed about it i i think potentially because all those moments are edited quickly together i think it might not be as like it might work in the movie because it's more sure the pacing might be better uh i did kind of <laughs> get a dark chuckle out of the start of the trailer though this is a, a red band you know trailer it's got, it's got swearing and stuff in it and at the start of the trailer, she's walking down the street and she turns to like a, a young mother with her with her baby and she's like, Oh, what a cute baby and she sort of smells at the young mother and then as soon as she turns around she drops a sea bomb on her. Like, yeah. That's <laughs> yeah, funny. Yeah, the, the dark sense of humor in me really found that amusing. Uh but that's called Home Wrecker. Uh so the the last movie trailer we're going to talk about is actually kind of a, a unique sort of fun one, which is not a new movie per se, but it's uh, a movie that was shot in 1995. It took 10 years to finish and is only just finally going to get released in the US. Uh, so this is a Japanese film which has been referred to as the Japanese Evil Dead. Uh, and there's a trailer here and it kind of looks like the Japanese Evil Dead. There's, there's a straight up a shot at one point where he's doing the ash pose. Uh, how, what did you make of this? What, 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 how did you feel? I mean, <laughs> I've already seen this guy. Uh... Ah. I don't <laughs> I don't know I, I, I saw this news story I don't know I, I was confused why people were making a big deal about this because it's uh, been like available for years like I, I I guess it hasn't had a proper US release but I because I think this DVD I have is uh, from the UK oh, really? but I mean it, but it plays on it's region free and it's been available for quite a, uh, some time but I mean I'm yeah, I, I, I don't know. I have a question. Is that usually yeah. where it lives up in that shelf, or did you just get it ready because you watched the trailer and thought, oh, "I'm going to bring this <laughs> I, up"? <laughs> oh no, no, I, I've, I've had it. Uh, I, I got it ready yeah, earlier. That's fair. That's fair. <clears throat> um, no, no, so I had never heard of it, but the, the article here, you know, the headline says, "Finally available." You know, I, I mean, I guess like maybe it wasn't widely available. Like maybe you have to be a weirdo like me who just yeah. who is always like yeah you know, watching like these you know small indie labels uh that put stuff out this is this was from uh what was it terracotta um which I, I think does like a lot of like really 
weird small movies mm. or whatever. But <clears throat> I, I think they're UK. You know what's kind of weird? <laughs> it's like there's a lot of these companies. Um, I think like stuff like Vinegar Syndrome does this a lot too, where it's like uh, they have a lot of really small cult classic horror movies, but also like a lot of like <laughs> porno stuff. So like I always feel like, you know, I'll sign up for the newsletter because I want to hear whenever like whatever, you know, some new weird forgotten 80s movie is coming to blu-ray and like i'll always get like ads for that but then it'll also be like some weird like you know like sluts in chains or something kind of movie that like all right i don't really care about that stuff <laughs> as much um but uh so i mean suffice it to say though uh yeah this is something that i've yeah known about for a while and i've seen uh and uh i i i like it quite a bit um uh you know, I'm definitely down to do it on the show at some point. I'm sure uh, we will because it is, uh, you know, yeah, well, really these, crazy. This is one of these things where I probably wouldn't have put this in, but I clicked on the trailer because I thought I want, I want to just see what this looks like because I say it's a Japanese mm-hmm. Evil Dead, and I thought, oh, this trailer actually looks kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I think it is a, a fun movie. Uh, obviously, yeah. so actually, just you... I, I've not said the title yet. I should probably say what the title is. <laughs> oh the, yeah, <laughs> the title of the movie is Bloody Muscle Bodybuilder in Hell. Yeah. <laughs> And it's like, uh, it, it is like super cheap. It's like super, super low budget. Um, and, but I mean, there is like a, not that that's a bad thing though. Like you, you could tell that there's like a love from the you know filmmaker and that, yeah, he wanted to work and try as you know, hard as he can to get it, uh, made. But, um, yeah, I, I think as like, you know, a cheap, weird kind of oddity movie, it's a, you know, pretty fun watch. Yeah. Uh, so that's basically all the movie stuff. We have one more thing to talk about, though, and that is the Resident Evil 8 trailer, because it was revealed at the PlayStation 5, mm-hmm. uh, you know, reveal... Not conference, because obviously the conference is right now. Like, live stream and yeah. everything. So, yeah, this is, this is kind of a thing. It was heavily rumoured. A lot of the details in the trailer mm-hmm. were stuff that was actually rumoured beforehand. They, they kind of leaked uh, a while ago, mm-hmm. kind of what the premise was going to be, that it was going to have, like, a village setting, that it was going to have, like, supernatural elements and, and things like that. Uh, so it wasn't like a surprise to me when once this started and got going. Uh, and now, admittedly, you see an umbrella logo like halfway through the trailer, so it kind of confirmed yeah. it. If you weren't, you know, aware yet, it was like, oh, that was umbrella. Okay, we're, we're doing Resident Evil here. So, uh, it, yeah. Uh, uh, what's funny is I was uh, actually watching this live. It's probably like the first time I've gotten to do that because I'm usually at work when these things happen. But now since I'm working from home. Uh, I could easily like you know put it on and uh while I'm you know doing my stuff uh and I I was actually you know just in general like I really like PlayStation and you know it, I was obviously going to get PS5 anyway but I wasn't sure if I was going to get it like right away but then uh there's actually quite a number of games that I was like okay this looks cool and like you know obviously I definitely want Spider-Man but then there's uh, a couple of other like surprises uh that I was like mm-hmm. oh I I can see myself playing this or that and then um at some point, like halfway through or whatever, I was like, you know, all this stuff looks really good, but like, if they can just show me a really cool looking survival horror game, that would like seal the deal for me. And then, like, probably like five minutes later, <laughs> this trailer started playing. And uh, I had heard the rumors, but I didn't put it together that this was Resident Evil right away uh, until, like you said, once I saw that umbrella logo, I was like, oh shit, like, <laughs> all right, this is, uh, this is it. Yeah, so it's in a village in, I think, Europe, uh, which sounds very Resident Evil 4 when you start to say it like that, but yeah, uh, it seems to be dealing with witches and werewolves, and for some reason, Chris, who looks completely different again, but Chris mm-hmm. Redfield is the villain in this game, which is mm-hmm. baffling, and I'm curious to see how they do that, but it's the same main character mm-hmm. as the seventh game. Seven. Uh, yeah. It's first person again, which, I mean, I'm not in love with, admittedly, but uh yeah. i'm definitely intrigued by some of these elements I- i'm hoping some of the stealth stuff from seven is maybe not there because that's stuff sure. annoyed me but i'm intrigued you know i'm, mm-hmm. I'm dumb down to give it a try they they try to do a thing at the end where the word village like reveals the eight and i'm like no we've already figured that out we know we know this is we know this is resident evil uh but no i i no, it looked uh it looked interesting um yeah the, the werewolf especially i i think the the image of the witches sort of like standing around the main character and then the werewolf was sort of howling and the well, was it was more of a wolf man than a werewolf i suppose to be specific yeah. but uh i i'm super into it i actually really liked uh seven uh i, I think i liked it a, l- a little bit more than you mm-hmm. um 
which uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I, you know, it's still not as good as almost any other like you know main Resident Evil game. Like obviously better than six. Um, eh, probably probably better than five. Uh, but um, like yeah, pretty much you know anything else is usually <laughs> um I'd probably still put above it. But I did like seven. I I wish yeah that they would do away with uh the first person aspect like i i like i as much as i i like seven i i didn't like that um i, I guess i like seven maybe more for the story and trying the new stuff mm. they were doing but i would much rather prefer a game with the you know kind of traditional elements that we kind of come to know but uh, at the same time though the i don't know <laughs> kind of the craziness uh, of this like has me really intrigued um, I, I don't mind like Resident Evil going like supernatural and stuff, but I feel like, I don't know if you're going to do that, like, would it be better to kind of try not to tie it into the other games so much? Like, do we really need like Chris I know, here? It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's weird that they're doing that, but I mean, well, we'll see how it is. I, it's yeah. interesting. And uh, obviously the rest of this isn't really horror related, but I'm curious to study. I need some brief thoughts here. Uh, the look of the PS5, how are you, <laughs> how are you feeling about that? <laughs> uh, I, I don't like it. Um, it's like, I, I'm not like, yeah, I'm not raging against it. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm not like, Oh my God, this is so stupid. Like, I, I think it's funny that there are people that are like, uh, I'm not going to buy this. Cause I don't know where it would fit in my like entertainment system or whatever, which, yeah, I, I guess it is maybe, not traditionally uh like what you would uh think to fit in those cubes or whatever but it's like come on you can't find a space for it whatever um but i don't know it's uh I, I, it, it's i'm sure it's fine though like once you get in start playing it i'm, I'm sure it'll be fine and then yeah I, I think i was talking to my brother about it and like I, I think i was complaining a little bit at first and he's like well how often do you even look at the console i'm like yeah it's a good point like <laughs> even if i don't like it i'm not gonna it's like I'm constantly going to be looking at it. <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of into it, to be honest, because I'm just I'm sick of just mm. boring black boxes that we've had for the last, like, mm. several decades at this point. Yeah. So, yeah, give me something funky. Give me something that looks like a spaceship. I'm, I'm all for it. <laughs> uh, no. no that, was, that was a pretty solid showing overall. It was a bunch of stuff. I'm yeah. excited for Ratchet and & Clank, and I'm excited for... Uh, that that new Capcom one, which is obviously years and years away, but the, the one that was, like, the astronaut-looking dude in the city with the girl oh, and yeah, the cat, yeah. like... That looked mm. pretty interesting from a just a like a I, mood standpoint. I I don't think I've seen anyone else get excited for this, but uh, you know, back in the old place PS One days, I loved Oddworld. <laughs> I was a huge mm. Oddworld guy, so I'm actually really excited about the new Oddworld game. <laughs> I I never played Oddworld, so I, yeah, no attachment <laughs> for me. But yeah. uh, and the Horizon Two stuff made me want to play Horizon One properly and stuff. So yeah, I've I've never played it, but I kind of want to go uh, and check it out now. Yeah, no, it, was, it was a good show. Uh, the only thing, I mean, to just bring us back to any horror, uh, the one thing that was missing, the only because everything that was kind of rumored basically showed up. Yeah. The one thing that was missing was the announcement of a new Silent Hill game, which was yeah. heavily Oof. implied by various rumors and people. And yet, basically, I, th I think it still looks slightly that it's like it exists and it's a real yeah. thing. It's just that they didn't reveal it yet. And part of that okay. was because, oh, we revealed a Resident Evil game. We didn't want to do Resident Evil and Silent Hill in the same event. Uh, Makes maybe sense. maybe yeah. just, it's not far long enough yet to show. Uh, there's the other possibilities. I still believe. I still believe that Sony is back in a proper Silent Hill game. I'm all down for that. That would be amazing. I want it. I want it. <laughs> uh, I can't believe I'm at a point where like, I got a new Resident Evil game announced, but like I'm disappointed there wasn't a new Silent Hill because I've always liked Resident <laughs> Evil... You know, the, the real Resident Evil games I've always liked more than Silent Hill, but... Yeah. You know, Resident Evil's had... I mean, 2 Remake was, like... like two, I got my, like, my wonderful, like, return to form of 2, of Resident Evil. Um, Silent Hill's not had a good Silent Hill game in... Since 3? <laughs> since, <laughs> like, 2000... What, 4? Or something like that? I heard, um... Yeah, I've heard some people say Shattered Memories uh, isn't that bad but like okay. i don't know but i, I mean I, i'm sure it's not as good as like yeah <laughs> two or three obviously um yeah, yeah I, I feel like at, you know, at the very least like um you, you know take a whatever like a I, you know uh steal an idea from like resident evil or something do like a like proper remake mm. you know of the first one or something could be really cool 
Yeah, one one's really good. Uh, I I think three is a good game, but it's definitely a step down from two. Uh, I never beat three. Uh, I wish I, <laughs> I wish I still had like my PS3 <laughs> so I could play it. Yeah, the level um, design's a bit weird in in three, uh, which is my main complaint about it. But I mean, two two is like basically a masterpiece. So sure, yeah. Uh, and one's really it's solid. Great. Yeah, mm-hmm. but uh, all right, there you go. That is uh that is the horror news for the week. Uh, so thank you very much for for joining us. Uh, if you made it to the end here, if you got this far in the episode, uh, put <laughs> type in the comments. Uh, braids <laughs> are hot right now. I want to see it in the comments. Uh, so do that. Uh, you can like, of course, liking is really important on YouTube. It lets the algorithm know that you recommend us to other people, and it'll share us out. So please do that. Uh, you can, of course, support us financially by going to Patreon.com/slash/MailFuzzTV and support us for as little as one dollar per month. And you get bonuses, you get bonus episodes of Streams After Minute at the movie reviews, if you do that, plus a bonus, uh, or sorry, plus bonus episodes of other shows. And you also, at the $5 tier, get to vote for an episode once per month and early access to all the movie reviews and a bunch of other stuff on the channel. So uh, go and have a look and see if you're interested in any of that. Uh, otherwise, get us on Twitter at Screams Midnight. And that's about us. So thank you once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching scary movies, guys, and we will see you next time.